Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to another DTNS Labs interview edition. I'm Tom Merritt, and joining me today, very happy to have Ashley Victoria Robinson. Yay! Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley and Jason Inman are doing not their first graphic novel on Kickstarter. That's true. Uh, and I want to talk to you guys about uh, a little bit about why you use Kickstarter, uh, any other technologies or, or internet stuff that you do in the creation. But how many is this for you for graphic novels? This is our second graphic novel. So it's our sophomore effort, which I'm not sure about you, but I'm always concerned a little bit about the sophomore slump because that's a, a rule, I guess, about when you create your own content. I wonder sometimes if that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but yeah, it does seem to be not. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't think about it, maybe it just won't happen. Yeah, it's like the second season of a great TV show. Like I really I think True Detective season two was a solid uh, season of television. It's just not as amazing as season one. Like, what if you put one... it first yeah. and then had season two second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, we will blast past that with this. But yeah, this is our second creator on graphic novel. But we've contributed to a lot of single issues, and we were in the DCIDW Love Is Love anthology, which is very cool. Yeah, you've had some some pretty cool publications out there. What? Having been in you know the DC mm-hmm. world, uh, what led you to want to go creator funded? Oh man, uh, owning your content is a very valuable thing. Um, it's also the only way that I get to work in comics regularly, which I think is what drives a lot of people toward creating your own content. And Me included. <laughs> in a world where with Kickstarter and with new media, there's less gatekeepers, it's more and more possible. Like I don't have to worry about being Kevin Eastman and Xeroxing my own comics. Uh, hopefully everything I create may be as successful as TMNT is someday, but it's more accessible now than ever before. And Kickstarter is very egalitarian in that way, I think. Yeah, the thing that's appealing to me about going just straight to the internet is not having to explain, not having to convince anyone but the audience, right? You Mm -hmm. just put your work out there and say, if you like it, go for it. You don't have to convince somebody why it would work. Yeah. You just kind of go straight to the source. And usually if you do it for long enough, people will go, okay, I guess I'll see what you're up to. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and what, yeah, that's a, that's a big point. Where did you get your audience to begin with? Is it from the other work that you did? Because that that's the key, I think, for crowdfunding mm-hmm. is having enough of an audience that you can get them to 
join at the beginning and also spread the word. Yeah, it's. I actually think it's a lot like Patreon, which I feel foolish telling you this because uh, our Patreon, we like to steal what you do on yours. But so much. And of when the- they say steal, they mean over a delicious Korean barbecue. So that's exactly fine. right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we like to bribe you into sharing <laughs> your ideas with us. Um, it's a lot about curating that community and teaching them that every year or every six months or whatever schedule you can pull off, you are going to bring them a new offering. And hopefully if they like what you've done before, they'll like your new thing. For us, because we do have a podcast, we do have a Patreon, we do have a YouTube channel, we were able to bring over different people from those places. But now I just learned this round on Kickstarter. Kickstarter has unique links, which you can give to all these different places and you can track more specifically where people are coming to you from. Uh, They're called associate links. I uh think I've never heard of them before. Uh, So we actually got a lot of referrals and donors from our publisher, which Mm -hmm. is Bedside Press. They're an Eisner-nominated Kickstarter model indie publisher. And when they put their newsletter out, we got a lot of new people that way, which was really, really exciting. And because... We're not going through a traditional publisher, so we're not going through Diamond, and we're not going to comic stores. This is the only place that people can get it. And being able to rope in that level of exclusivity is something that's, I think, really benefited us. But... Yes, we had a pre-existing audience, which is helpful when you're going to Kickstarter. But even that, I mean, I think that's a prerequisite for a super successful one, unless you're lucky. There are are Mm -hmm. people out there who, you know, create potato salad, uh, among other things. Oh, God, I remember that. (laughs) But anything could happen. But but you've got a better chance if you've already done something that you can bring someone over to. How do you convince them, like, hey, you love us on YouTube? We'll also be doing this t- entirely, not entirely different because it's in the it's in the geek world, but but this different way of communicating. I think fortunately for us, a lot of what we do is very nerdy and very comic book derivative in the first place. So a lot of our audience isn't adverse to the idea of picking up a comic book. If I were a beauty blogger or if Jason were a travel host, that would be really different. And maybe we wouldn't be doing comics. Mm, we'd be doing mm-hmm. other things. Um, And then something that we say that I've heard a lot of other people say, and I think we might have actually taken it from you, is that we give people a lot of free content. Mm -hmm. So we hope that when we are asking for assistance on something like that, that people want to help us create things for them. Because it's sort of... um, On Patreon, they talk a lot about like a value for value trade. And when Mm -hmm. you've given so much stuff for free, I think... Your, your core audience is a little more generous. Yeah, I think there's always people who just want to support someone they, that they like and respect. No matter what. Yeah. And, and we have people who are like that, we're like that too as well, which is really, it's cool when people will do that for you for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, and that burden of responsibility is, is really interesting and it's very special. Yeah, and you don't want to abuse that. So you right. want to make sure you do something good. Yes. How, <laughs> how's that work? Like, how, Terrifying. <laughs> of, course, of course it is. But but where do you start? Where do you go? Like, Obviously, you're inspired to make something. Mm-hmm. But, but, but are you just making something that you guys like? Or do you think about feedback that you've gotten from the audience about the kinds of things that they like? I think it's twofold. Um, We're definitely making stuff that we like. Um, Science was, how can we tell a Fantastic Four story that's not Fantastic Four? Mm -hmm. Um, And and so it's like it starts with that because that's something that uh, Jason loves, Fantastic Four. So that was like the genesis of that idea. But our audience knows the type of comics that we've made in the past. So we tailor it to that. You try to reference other things that you know that they like. But at the end of the day, I really think, especially with comics, there's a bit of a universal 
code in what the storytelling is. So if you can get people with a good hook, they'll follow you maybe more than even starting a new show. Like there's a better shorthand, I think. And you and Jason write the novel. That's true. Right. And yes. someone else does the art. Do you, yeah. do you have a person you generally work with or do you find different people for different projects? We have different people for different projects. Science actually went through four artists before we wound up with our series artist, Des Pittman, uh, who's a well-known illustrator from Portland. We actually only met her because we tabled at Wizard World Portland earlier this year. See, in person. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary. It's yeah. wild. And then you're like, hey, we happen to have this thing that someone else couldn't make deadlines on. Make your deadlines. Truly, then people will collaborate with you on anything and they will go out of their way for <laughs> Yeah, half of success show is up showing time. up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you want to create anything, I think, uh, be consistent. I think that's like my other best Huge. piece of advice. Yeah. Um, but that's how we found her very happenstance. And the way we found our artist, Ben Matsuya for Jupiter Jet, was he drew fan art of Jason mm. when he was on Screen Junkies. Oh, cool. So it's just artists create art. Like that's, you know, like keep making art, but also have sequential samples because mm. if you can draw a beautiful picture of Thor, that's great. But can you show me Thor in a fight? I thought for some reason you're going to say a fez. In a fez? Yeah. I would like people to draw us the word a fez and please tweet it. <laughs> that is definitely something that's going to happen now that we've said that. Nice. Uh, do you, now you have your artist, mm-hmm. you and Jason are, are doing the writing. How does that work? I've, I've heard of collaborate different, a lot of different collaborative team yeah. plays. Do you trade off? Do you pass it back and forth? Do you sit down together? How's it work? Typically we sit down together and we try to beat out the larger ideas, the basic story beats, mm-hmm. um, furiously making notes on the iPhone so that you don't forget anything that you say because then in a week you'll be like, what was that thing that we said about Hoping autocorrect has not changed teachers? your plot somehow. The first thing I do when I get an iPhone is I turn, <laughs> turn off, off autocorrect because yeah. I'd use Canadian <laughs> spelling. Yeah. So I cannot live with autocorrect. Um, and then we plot it. You know like the way you plotted academic essay where it's like your first mm-hmm. point and then mm-hmm. your uh, supporting points we really break it down like that like here's the scene here's how many pages it is here's an idea for a line of dialogue here are the characters that are in it so that hopefully by the time we get to the first draft you have a really solid skeleton to work off i tend to take the first draft because i'm better at being like uh nuts to this we'll fix it later uh-huh. uh, and which just, is an important mindset to be in i think i think for a first draft yeah. it is um and i have had some of my first drafts published which is deeply embarrassing <laughs> um and it is the i think it shows the true value of an editor mm. um but the nice thing about a collaborative process like what jason and i have is i think we balance each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. which is what you can hope for I really want to write a lot of dialogue and make everybody sound very smart. Mm-hmm. And Jason is very concerned about having enough art on the page. And I yeah. think in a medium like comics, I think that's a nice balance to strike. The one time I tried to write a comic book, uh, that was the biggest hurdle for me as someone who'd written other things was remembering it's not just even like right to video like I'd learned to do yeah, in journalism yeah. school. It's 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 right to space. Like mm-hmm. that that's a, a whole different thing. Uh, do... Do so. So you almost answered my question there, but so so you like the dialogue. What what else does Jason like? You know, I hate to make you speak for him, but I'll speak for him. We're married. I own fifty yeah, yeah, percent of him. It. You own fifty percent <laughs> of his words. That's right. Um, <laughs> he really likes, uh, like I said, uh, economy of storytelling and the structure of. A comic book because comics is really interesting. It's what if movies with unlimited budget mm-hmm. because right. I can take Superman to space and I don't have to worry about putting Henry Cavill in a rig, setting him against a green screen, hiring 15 different post houses to finish that or, or anything like that. Um, and he really likes 
when you read someone like uh, uh, Tom King, you can tell the way that he structures his books are very important. Like if you read Omega Men, it's a mirror. So the pages are structured as a mirror. So the first and the last page are the same. The second and last and the second page are the same. And it all goes in because of the kind of story it's telling. So it all coalesces and then explodes again. Um, So he really likes to do that sort of heady idea of comics and like thinks a lot about when to use splash pages. Mm, And mm -hmm. um, we take a lot of inspiration from the Batman and Robin and Superman adventure stories that spun out of the cartoons in the 90s because – they're all max five panels on the pages, and there's two word balloons. So to be able to tell something meaningful with that economy is really powerful, especially with Jupiter Jet and with science, they're way middle grade audiences. So I don't want to go in there and Scott Snyder my way through, you know, uh, After Death or something like that, which is a, a truly amazing book, and there's sure. an amazing audience for that, but that's not what we're doing with these books. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do... Do you well? J- Jason does works in the industry too, right? Oh yeah, he works on a fancy TV show now. <laughs> yeah, what does he do there? He is the showrunner's assistant on a new CBS drama called The Code, which is like what if lawyers but Marines? Uh-huh. Uh, it's like it's like Jag but with Marines. <laughs> yeah, Jags with Marines. Uh, it's going to come out in February. Um, so he basically is the step below a staff writer. So he gets to steal ideas from how TV does and, and bring them over to Yeah, which is sure. great because we're yeah. trying to work on the Jupiter Jet pilot. So he's uh-huh. in such a good position for that right now. That's awesome. <laughs> so when you, you said you take your notes furiously on an iPhone, when you go to a final script to hand to the artist, mm-hmm. where, what tools do you use there? It's funny because, you know, when you look at a screenplay, you know what a screenplay looks like. When you look at a theatrical play, you know what that looks like. There's no rules for comics. There's mm. no hard, fast um, I almost said final cut, but final draft and Celtics have comic book setting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. They're not the way I like to lay out my comics. I lay out my scripts like Tim Seeley does because I found a Tim Seeley script on the internet and I like his writing. And so just went for there. I, yeah. yeah, I just yeah. copied his style. Um, so if anyone wants... If anyone is interested, I'll send you a script and you can copy so my there, style. Yeah, you're right. There's not like a, an elements of style, a, a, a strict like this is the format. No, huh? as long as all your collaborators can read it, that's mm-hmm. what's most important. Um, and this is really lame, but we just work in Google Docs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's how I did mine. And I felt stupid. So now I don't feel quite no, so stupid. No, and especially as co-writers, then it's really easy. or uh, For collaborative. Yeah. For science, we actually have an editor, which is amazing. So it's just easier to be like, here's your link. Go in and edit mm-hmm. and make the little notes. Yeah. And you can see all the versions mm-hmm. and, everything. and i don't know what anyone works on anymore i don't know why people work on pcs anymore like i don't know so it's having it all live on the internet at least for us works really well do you use a laptop or do you use a tablet or what do you use to i use a laptop okay um jason tends to use a desktop hmm. um but we have written scripts on an airplane in on a, on an iPad before as well, so yes, <laughs> it's kind of painful. I feel like it's to a try nightmare to write on a tablet. And I know people. Like my my friend Andrew Maine, yeah. he writes on an iPad, and he is very successful. His his, <laughs> his writing is very good. Um, uh, I don't I don't, I don't mind the iPad it. if you have the like Bluetooth keyboard. I have a pretty nice Logitech uh, yes. case keyboard, and that's the best keyboard I've had. But even then, it's still like I need a mouse. I need to be able to like <laughs> yeah. highlight, cut, and paste. I'm yeah, just, it's probably just habit. But usually, um, I'm the person who is in charge of formatting. So usually, after something like that happens, I go back in on a computer of any kind of computer and try to furiously realign it. Yeah, yeah, make it make it all work. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about. Science, Let's. the graphic novel, yes. not the entire history of science. Uh, <laughs> tell us, tell us uh, the premise, the non-spoilery pitch. Totally. So, uh, science, which I like to say because it's uh, got an exclamation point on the end. Of course, so you I like should to, be saying it that way. You like to sound it. like yeah, a baseball right. announcer. Um, it's what if Harry Potter went to science school but wanted to kill Dumbledore and was a nice lesbian? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's my uh, Hollywood elevator pitch. It stars a 14-year-old Indian-American girl who gets accepted into the Prometheus Academy. I'm sorry, Institute, Prometheus mm. Institute. Um, and the name might give you a hint about what's going to happen to <laughs> it, uh, which is like the best, fanciest science school. They have assistant teachers that are floating robots. If people go and look at the first seven pages of art on the Kickstarter, you can see one of them. They're called Stats, which is... Uh, science and technology assistant teacher. They'll show up and tell you actual science facts. Nice. So there's a character in the first page who's trying to build rocket boots. He gets the formula for the fuel wrong, so the stat shows up and tells you how to make rocket fuel. Thanks, NASA, for that article. Um, So she should be excited to go to the school. She's not really because her dad used to be the headmaster there, and he died, but because he's a super smart science guy and she's a super smart science lady, she has a holographic projection of him in her glasses, so he's kind of helping her navigate her way. Wait, of her the dead school. father. Yes, is in her in her Google Glass. Yes, like a <laughs> like a Star Wars hologram. Wow, <laughs> which okay. I think is the reference that we use in the script. That sounds horrible. It's awesome. <laughs> no, like just the idea of your your parent. I mean, if it's your dead parent, I guess it's uh, it is awesome. You're right, but just it's your, it's yeah. not awesome because yeah. she's also got like a cute roommate and he can uh, see their whole interaction no and yeah. like that's no, really exactly. bad. No, exactly. That's where I, that's, I was like, no, you don't want your parents watching you all the time. You yeah. super don't. Yeah. 
So she has to decide, is she going to trust the girl she likes? Is she going to trust her found family? And she's going to learn that you can only trust in science. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm really proud of that line. So I try to work it in a lot. <laughs> you should. You deserve to. Thank you. Uh, so it's going to be a graphic novel about how long? It's 80 pages right now, although we are about thousand uh, dollars away from adding ten to twenty more pages. You're at twenty thousand nine twenty right now. Yeah, so we're just if we hit twenty two, then we're going to add more story. It just depends on covering the printer costs mm-hmm. uh, because that's more weight and that's more production. And in indie comics, you have to pay for everything. Yeah, which I don't think people know all the time. And I think sometimes people think. And I think they probably make this assumption about you as well, because we live in LA and we do these cool, weird, ephemeral things that we must have lots of money. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, that's. It is expensive the to live opposite. in LA, which is why you don't have a lot of money. If you exactly. Yeah. And creative endeavors are expensive and yeah. you want to, you Especially know. Especially printing. Yeah. Printing is really expensive. And shipping is the other thing that's uh, wildly expensive. As soon as you go to the U.S., too, it just skyrockets. Yeah. I mean, God bless all the backers in New Zealand who will pay to cover that postage. And I'm so happy. And I think that's amazing. And I've backed Kickstarters where you're like, well, I just doubled my pledge, but I really want it. The other thing I discovered doing sword and laser shipping, uh, you can't use the media mail rate if you want to put anything else in the package that's true but that's why that's why uh, bookmarks are great Uh and stickers and things that will fit inside your book are great i don't know that that's actually supposed to be there but if they can't see it yeah that's you know what uh i mess a lot with media mail Come at me, U.S. Post Office, um, because they've also careful. We might have some working out there. <laughs> they've also returned packages to me that are just like a comic book and said that it's not media mail. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, okay, so it, the, did the bag and board scan funny, or yeah, weird? Did the person who was looking at? I don't know. So media mail is weird. It is a weird thing. But yes, you are only supposed to ship books or DVDs, not Blu-rays. Through media mail. Blu-rays don't count. They I haven't updated their terms of service, I think, since Blu-rays became the the, uh-huh. the shorthand, I guess. Yeah. So you're not technically supposed to ship it's Blu-rays, Blu-rays media, even media though I mail. think everyone does. Yeah. Well, Fun and, fact. Right. Huh. <laughs> that is weird. We could go down a total media mail rabbit hole. I bet fasc- we could. <laughs> I'm fascinated with that whole thing. Um, anything else uh, before we wrap up outside of this about technology that you've been following or you've been interested in lately? I always like to find out. I Okay, so I've actually spent a lot of time learning about all the different tools that you can use for a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating. And I didn't know previously, we bought a Greg Pox book. It's like a 100-page PDF on how to run a Kickstarter. And we copied what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the book exists for. And it's very helpful. But there's bots and there's programs that you can get now. So all of our information, if you've ever donated on Kickstarter, right, it's on there, including the types of projects you tend to back. So I tend to back comic booking and games. Sure. So I can pay for a service that goes into Kickstarter and I can tell them I want people who donated in this category, who ah. donated this time or more, and it will target ads at them or you can get another one that will give you their email mm-hmm. so that you can specifically target their social media profiles. Which they've given to Kickstarter and given permission, presumably, right. to be used for that kind uh, of thing. Absolutely, right? yeah. because that's part of the... I guess I guess that falls under data mining in yeah. some way. Um, so as a creator, that's something that's like really, really amazing, and that's an invaluable resource, and it's a great way to target ads because... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram ads are very weird to mm-hmm. me. And I don't know if I believe they work the way that they're supposed to work yeah. when I look at clickovers and stuff like that. Um, but that tool I found very, very effective. And I would recommend that if people 
want to harness that in some way that they check it out. But then, you know, there's always that backside where as a consumer, you're like, oh, well, I didn't read my terms of service. Yeah, let's right. be honest. Yeah, does. Yeah. So, excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No problem. Um, it's kind of like when you think about 23andMe, you know? Like, hooks you up with everyone else, but do you want to know if you're do part you want- Japanese or not? <laughs> right, right. I, I think, too, that people, when they think about ad targeting, they think about Facebook. They think about Google. They mm-hmm. don't think about Kickstarter. They don't think about any of these other companies. But any company that you are letting... Not only have your information like your email address, mm-hmm. but but letting them observe your behavior yes. uh, is is going to do this sort of thing. And and there are lots of third party companies that do this as well. I mean, that's it is not just a big company issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even KickTrack, which is where you go to track how other projects are doing, you can target ads to people who are looking at your project. So that's what I've been swimming in. It, it, is, uh, it is the blessing and the curse, right? Absolutely. The, ultimately, the 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 hope would be that you would end up only getting ads that are targeted at you that are useful because they mm-hmm. know enough about you to say like, well, we know he doesn't buy those, so I'm not going to show Tom that ad. Right. What? what I, and this is also a blessing and a curse. We worry about this targeting, but it's still not very good all the time, right? Because it's not. But every time I click on a Facebook ad and I buy the thing it wants me to buy, do you I'm, really? Do? I'm like, God damn you! It Facebook. works. Yeah, See, I don't use Facebook enough for it to work there, but Google, I definitely use mm-hmm. enough. But it always seems to lag. So I just moved, right? Yes, we moved Friday. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday. I've been in this house for less than a week. We, you know, we're in the middle of unpacking. I start getting ads today. For moving services. Wild. I'm like, no, you're, I you're have way too late. Yeah. The opposite problem. Like, I will be here talking with you. I'm, well, I've said text so many times now that the microphone. Also, I'm an immigrant, so I might be on a couple extra lists than you are. Mm. I'll get an ad tonight about some tech show or some new tech thing. <laughs> I, I will, I'll screenshot it and I'll send it to you when I see it. Like, mine happen very quickly. And huh. I don't know, that might be the different demos that we occupy as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sometimes I'm really creeped out it's by not my exact phone. Science, Mm-mm. but but it it's yeah, it's getting more and more uh, exact all the time. And and hopefully people who take advantage of those services, hopefully we harness it for good. I'm not emailing people sight unseen and being like, "Yo, back my Kickstarter." Yeah, right, right. Which no, you could do if you wanted to. I that's guess I would recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing I think people forget is. Yes, there are going to be people who abuse the privilege, and that's why we need to have the conversations mm-hmm. about it. But there are plenty of people who won't because they realize if I abuse the privilege, I'm just angering a bunch of people who aren't going to become my customer. They're exactly. not going to support my creator. And there's that whole idea of like 1,000 true fans, yeah. 10,000 true fans. And man, I don't have 10,000. It does seem so. to keep rising. It was 1,000, then it was 5,000. I think it was 100 initially when <laughs> yeah. the internet first started. I think now we're up to 10,000 because I think we're conflating it with the 10,000 hours yeah. to master oh, right. something. Yeah. <laughs> One hour for every person. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so sciencecomicbook.com will take you right to the Kickstarter, folks. Uh, if you're interested, uh, go check it out. There's a lovely video of Jason and Ashley. Uh, and like you said, a few free pages there that you can take a look first at. First seven pages, our first little arc. Um, there's a bunch of cool script and portfolio reviews from uh, a bunch of cool indie comic creators who worked on things like uh, Batman and Mr. Miracle and Wonder Woman. So if you were ever interested in creating comics, uh, we have some rewards that will help you do that as well. Yeah, there's some really cool rewards there as I far as like, getting mentoring so. and stuff. That's 
really cool. Uh, let folks know where else they can find you guys. You can find me all over the internet at Ashley V. Robinson. The V is very important. Ashley Robinson is a WNBA player. I don't want to fight for SEO. She's bigger than me. <laughs> uh, you can find Jason all over at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. That is also the name of our YouTube channel. We're having a bunch of new content coming out when the DCTV starts back up. Uh, ScienceComicBook.com, of course. You can order Jupiter Jet on Amazon, Walmart, Target, anywhere fine comics are sold. And you can find our podcast that we're going to get Tom on when our lives up being insane. Pretty soon. Pretty uh, soon. At GeekHistoryLesson.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know about a character in about an hour. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And tell Jason, uh, hello. I'm sorry he couldn't make it. I know his schedule's crazy right now. I will. We'll bully him on here sometime. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, folks, don't forget, uh, if you are a patron, you get these episodes earlier than everybody else. So go check us out, patreon.com slash DTNS. We'll talk to you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.